Hey everybody, welcome into Mining Stock Daily. It is a Tuesday midday in trading. Uh, gold, December futures basis, finally breached back above $1,900 today, just a few minutes ago. Now trading at $1,900 and about five cents. That's about a 1% gain. Uh, silver is having a nice day as well, up over 2.5% to $24.41.5 uh, futures basis. And the miners per the GDX, GDXJ also having a nice day. Uh, real interest rates were on the decline. I think that's part of the rise of the move in precious metals. Uh, so that's your brief market update. Uh, we're going to get a corporate update from a, a good friend of mine and uh, somebody I, uh, you know, get a lot of information out, uh, get a lot of information from and uh, somebody I very much respect. And that's Mr. Brandon McDonald from Fireweed Zinc. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? Sounds like when you, when you say you're getting information out of me, it sounds like uh, like some sort of enhanced interrogation technique, right? Yeah, like, just it, that all that insider information yeah, that you're sharing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Fireweed Zinc trades on the TSX Venture with FWZ and also on the OTC markets with FWEDF. And uh, happy to, this morning actually, I was finally able to buy shares of Fireweed on this pullback. But before today, man... What a run you guys had, Brandon. Yeah, you know, and um, we doubled in about two and a half weeks, effectively, maybe very nearly anyways, going from about, uh, I think it was 67 to, I think we closed to 127 or something yesterday. Uh, so just shy of a double. Um, and like I said, two and a half weeks. And uh, it was, okay, look, there was significant news in the middle there that we'll get to. But some of it was not driven by news. It was just like people finally, you know, saying, screw it, I want in. Not, you know, giving up, waiting on the pullback, right? And you, you, that's what happens in this industry. Like everyone, as we transition from um, bear market to bull market, uh, you can't play your super conservative bids anymore. And then everyone starts to get a little bit of FOMO and suddenly things start moving quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, I was kind of thinking about this recent movement in fireweed and this isn't the first time you guys have had big runs. I wasn't like three years ago. You guys traded up to like a buck 85 at one point, I believe. Uh, two fourteen Canadian. We touched briefly. I don't know if we closed on that in the day, but we touched that. That was a very quick spike above two bucks. Um, but yeah. And, and you know, like one of the things I pointed out to people and the thing I'd always said is like, look, November 2017 to January, even pre our resource update, um, we went from like 65 cents to a dollar, uh, basically on no news in, in a month and a bit, you know, and then we, the resource update you know, we quickly then went up quite a bit more, right? And mm -hmm. I said, you know, things will pick away here and I'll move. I didn't expect that we were going to, you know, move this quick, but, um, but that's, you know, this is the transition, and and of course I don't think that you know the current market cap of about sixty million Canadian even comes close to reflecting true value of the property. So we're not certainly not done yet. Well, it's it's a different well it's not a different project, but it's a much bigger project than it was three years ago. Uh, based on the exploration work you've done, you I mean boundary zone alone uh, is you know obviously makes it appear like it's just a ginormous project mcmillan pass is it fair to say it's maybe doubled in size yeah well i mean 2018 when we put out the resource we only owned tom and jason so so about we had done the 
deal with Newmont on the Mac claim. So our property by that point was about, um, uh, geez, I don't know, it would have been 120 square kilometers or something like that. But, um, you know, there was no known mineralization on the on the Mac claims. Um, so it's still just Tom and Jason really driving that. And now, you know, everything else we've, we've added, particularly the boundary zone, like we didn't own that till late in 2018. You know, we, we bought that after our peak share price. Um, we paid 1.6 million shares for it. And clearly based on what's happening there, that was a screaming good deal. Um, and that's not default tech for selling it, right? I think at the, the, the logic at the time, and, and look, we didn't really have a suspicion of how much better it could get. We knew there was mineralization there. We wanted it to be part of our project because it was another known incident of mineralization in the district. Um, tech was being reasonable on terms. And we felt that, you know, and the point I'd made to them is like, look, I don't think boundary zone can happen unless it happens with Tom and Jason. Um, so you might as well sell it to me because that's what's going to have to end up anyways. Um, so the, the deal was done, right? And and of course now with the the extensions of, of Boundary Zone being delineated as we speak and um, so much potential there, um, so much untapped potential and you know all this new thinking on it, and maybe it could stand on its own and certainly is, is a much bigger piece of the puzzle than either tech or us had conceived when that transaction took place. Yeah, um, I know you touched base with Kai Hoffman with SF Live about this a couple of days ago after the news release. The benefit of going last is that I get a piggyback off of Kai yeah. <laughs> and, and follow up with some other questions. Um, so for our listeners, I mean, talk about this expansion. Obviously, there's no assays involved. The labs are completely backed up. Uh, but you wanted to get this information out to the market uh, because it's going to have some significance uh, to the scope of not only Boundary Zone, but the whole McMillan Pass project as a whole. Yeah. So walk us through yeah, it. Yeah, and look, there's there's a whole, generally in, in normal times, it, it's, I, I don't know if distasteful is the way to describe it, but, but we, we wouldn't normally put out, you know, in, indications we'd hit something um, prior to assays being available. Um, although we had said that, you know, last year, prior to the boundary zone mineralization or, or intersections in, in our two holes there, we did say, you know, that, that we'd hit wide zones there, right? It's just at the time, everyone kind of thought it was going to be the normal boundary zone stuff and it was significantly better, right? So, um, but, um, you know, we just don't know how long the labs are going to take. They're signaling seven plus weeks from when it gets to the lab and we still have to, to cut it and prep it and send it and log it and what have you, right? So, um, I, I think generally my experience with every vendor in the world ever is, <laughs> is that if they say seven weeks, they probably mean 10. Um, right. So, uh, you know, we were thinking, geez, first assays could be December, right? We're just like, what? So, um, you know, and, and for a Canadian company often, you know, you look at the cyclicality of, of mining stocks, um, October through December is some of your best trading, right? And it's often your best window to raise money because people are, are most eager for tax benefits. So your flow through, whether traditional or charity, comes on the best terms, right? Mm -hmm. Combined with, you know, at that time we'd only kind of run up to like 80 cents or something like that. But I was still like, you know, like this is a, it was at the time, a two-year high. Um, 
So I'm like, well, I'm trading at a two-year high. Um, I don't want to miss this window, so i got to level the playing field with the market and kind of like make sure they know that we've hit something so that I'm not trying to raise money while I'm sitting on something, right? Um, and there's also the reality that we have parties, you know, particularly like a big PE fund or whatever. You know, they're going to be under CA because they're going to want to look in our data room before they do an investment. And if they're under CA, they probably know that we've hit something because we're talking to them about it. Um, and it's like that would actually lock them out, prevent them from doing a financing until the assays are back. So if we have a window to do a financing before the assays are back, I'm actually locking out my, the people who are closest to me, right? Like it's backwards. Um, so we had to make sure the market knew what the people under CA knew. Um, now, that's not to say that we're in any rush to do a financing here. We'll do it as and when we want and on the, on the terms that we find acceptable. But it at least allows us to be a little more nimble in that regards. And as two, 2020s taught us, you got to be nimble. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the financing. I mean, Brandon, you know, you and I know each other well enough to where I can put some snide jokes <laughs> into your ear and say, oh, well, it's been two weeks. Yeah. Fireweed hasn't financed. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you guys were able, like, you started out 2020 thinking it was going to be a shit year. Yeah. So let's get enough money just to, like, do some basic things. Well, this thing is completely turned around. And I, th- what, I haven't you financed three times in 2020 already? Yeah. 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 Would, uh, would you do a fourth, Brandon? Would you do a fourth? Yeah. Of course. If it's on the right terms. I mean, like, I'll, I'll do seven. If, I mean, <laughs> I think I have time to finish three more, four more. But, you know, it's, it's, things have changed so quickly. And you got to take the money if it's, if it's from the right people on the terms you're comfortable with. Right. Um, so that's really what we're trying to, you know, work at now it's like okay who who are the people we've come to with can we come to to terms um and is this something we want to do in the near term or do we do all of us because they may want to wait for the assays too right um because they're going to feel uh, you know a bit may i don't know foolish is the right word but if the assays came back underwhelming um they'd be like oh, okay why did we put in money before we knew that right um that's i mean of course the, the whole gamble of this industry is like results always aren't what you want you know we uh, and Boundary Zone in particular, uh, you know, we did not think the holes last year were as good as they were. Um, you know, we looked at um, visual estimates of sphalerite versus the actual final assays. And it's like, it's a it's a pretty good scatter, that <laughs> that plot, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's tough. It is very tough mineralization to nail down the grade on. Um, so, you know, we're fully prepared to be... Um, surprised when these come out we know they're mineralized we know they have sphalerite and, and galena in places um you know we know it's classic boundary zone stuff but but what the final numbers comes out at uh can be anyone's guess you know so i just want to clarify some of this financing whenever companies go out and financing there's always this concern about continued dilution of the of the of the share structure mm-hmm. right um it's the raising the money, knowing that Fireweed's a part of the Discovery Group and John Robbins and his uh, people. You will have never any problem raising money, as far as in my opinion. But you've been able to keep this thing at just over fifty-three million shares fully diluted. Yeah, you know that's pretty remark. That's really remarkable. Yeah, and look, we we got seven million warrants, seven and a half million warrants out. I think now. Um, prior to this year, we had none. Other than broker warrants, you know, and um, we're pretty proud of having never done a, a financing with a warrant. But 
um, you, you got to adapt, adapt or die, right? So, um, you know, we, the financing we did in March was was tough. You know, it wasn't much money. It was only a million bucks to keep the lights on, but um, 30 cents with a with a full warrant at, at 60, right? So, um, but that's, you know, it, it allowed us to live a fight another day and, and raise the rest of the money. And here we are having hit in a big step out in Boundary Zone and it's completely different. Like, I think about like that interview I did with... Uh, crux in march where it was basically like uh yeah great project we don't know what we're gonna do because like we're screwed because the markets you know nailed us right yeah. like we're prepared to do nothing like how does six months change things we're now trading three times higher than when that interview happened yeah uh let's talk about the market obviously um here in the U.S., I, I, I believe it's well, maybe it's not safe to say, but I, maybe it is safe to say that there will most likely be some sort of infrastructure package uh, stimulus in the U.S. Uh, following the election. At some point, we're already seeing it in China. Uh, China continues to uh, build its coffers of commodities and materials because uh, that's typically what they do to help stimulate their country as well. Um, you know, is this? This can't be the only, you know, catalyst for fireweed in the future. What else could there be uh, to continue va- adding value for your shareholders? Yeah, look, there's there's a lot, right? So obviously, drill results this year um, will be doing well. Some of them may be coming in early next year. Uh, metallurgy on boundary zone, uh, which includes not just the sort of standard sort of lock cycle tests and you know that sort of stuff, you know, recoveries and congrades. It's, it's going to include an expanded sorting test. Um, sorting test we did before, good test, you know, good results, but it was a bench scale test, right? We got we to gotta do a full scale test on that. So that's going to be very interesting to watch for because I've been making a lot of forward-looking statements about the metallurgy of Boundary Zone and how I think it's going to be better in terms of processing costs than, than Tom and Jason. Um, and this is based on a... a reasonable estimate from what we're seeing but we haven't done any tests right like i could be totally wrong or it could be even better than we thought right so that that's going to be a big one to watch for because when we think about an open pit with you know perhaps three percent zinc on average um you know your costs have to be under control right um you know so um that's going to be a good one um, and then we might even get started drilling as early as, as um, April next year, leaving at least one drill on site, leaving a lot of fuel on site, you know, uh, 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 all sorts of the equipment we need. So um, we might not have the long, boring off-season that Northern Juniors traditionally have. Um, and this is all going to play into hopefully a very busy drill season next year. And if all goes well, uh, an updated global resource and PEA in early 2022. Um, and that's, you know, that those are about the biggest milestones that anyone can, can do in that time period. Right. So, um, it's going to be a catalyst heavy year and a half for us. Uh, I I did write down, I wanted to ask you about, you know, the very far out updated PEA, Mm -hmm. um, because what you published in 18, it's completely different now. You know, it's different now. Yeah for what you published last or two years ago um you've got more you you have more resources than tom and jerry obviously boundary zone is obviously adding will add to that uh sounds like 
would you do like one full encompassing PEA and, and resource estimate, or would you segment maybe do an update on Tom and Jerry and then a second on boundary? No, um, we'll do a global one. Um, yeah. cause you know, look, we got, we got bandwidth issues in terms of management time and in terms of everything. And I, I think it's pretty clear we're going to be developing this holistically as a, a district. Um, but what we don't know is you know, there's going to need to be some, some very fulsome thinking about how Tom, Jason and boundary, um, will integrate into a mind plan. And, and it, it may not be simply Tom and Jason, as you saw in 2018, plus boundary zone in parallel. It's like, no, like we don't know, right? Like, do you start with a pit at Tom, move to boundary, then go underground at, at uh, Tom and Jason? I, I legit don't know. Like, and this is something where we need to engage engineers early and, and do some real forward thinking on what is the appropriate way to mine this when you've got a series of deposits, right? Each with their own different characteristics. Something scalable, maybe? Yeah, you know, and this is, you know, so this is the question that every junior has before them is, do you put out a study um, that best reflects what you'd be able to build? And as a junior, you know, you might have to start small and, and scale. Or do you put out a study that better reflects what an acquirer or partner might want to do, right? Um, you know, because that's entirely possible and, and perhaps even likely that if McMillan Pass proves to be viable as that integrated approach, that it's not fireweed that, that's doing it, right? Um, and so, you know, you don't want to do both because, like I said, then you're kind of splitting your efforts up, and I think it sends a mixed message. Um, so, so I, I don't know. I, I suspect we do a, um, I suspect we do a PA that reflects a a full up to speed. Maybe there's some capital efficiency in terms of scaling as you go. Um, but I don't know yet. I, I mean, I, there's probably lessons learned from the precious metals space in this, right? Cause we've had continued conversations specifically in gold exploration development. You know, there are companies out there that had previously published, you know, a massive, uh, maybe it's a PEA or PFS for massive project, big cap X thinking that that's what some sort of acquirer, would want to see and have, but there didn't seem to be much appetite. You know, the majors aren't going in there. They haven't gone in there much, or so to speak, and just bought these projects no. up, right? And so now those juniors are forced to come in. It's like, okay, can we scale this down and get something that we ourselves could finance and build smallable but scalable, knowing that if we are acquired, that it could be built larger, on that acquisition specifications. Yeah. And, so can, and, and look, can you learn from this? I yeah, mean, you, you can. And, and, and odds are that if I do a PEA and, you know, um, Globo Zinc Limited, some big zinc company buys us, um, they're probably throwing it out anyways, right? Um, not to say that the work is bad. It's just that they're going to have, their engineers are going to want their own input on, in the design and, and what have you, right? Um, yeah. although they may, they may do all the work leading towards a PFS or you know, whatever, the point being that trying to design it as you think, you know, reading the minds of, uh, the, the techs or South 32s or Belidens or, you know, whatever, Hindustan Zinc or whatever, you know, it's like, 
well, you could try to read their minds or you can just do what you think is the right way, the, the way you want to do it, right? Um, so, you know, look, there's there's a lot of thinking left to do here. And then this, is, this plays a lot into, you know, our new hire, James Scott, our, our senior VP of projects. Um, that's his wheelhouse, right? Um, yeah. You could leave it to me to do, which it has been. You know, I'm kind of like CEO plus chief cook and bottle washer. Um, <laughs> but... Um, or you can take a guy who, who that is exactly the the experience he has, um, and, and we'll take a look at what it, how we really need to think about this project. All right, Brandon. Uh, last question, just before we let you go, what would you like the listeners to take away from this conversation as we get into October? Yeah, I, I guess you know, keep paying attention to the markets and and look at your favorite you know base metal companies, whether they're a fireweed or or whatever. It doesn't have to be zinc. It can be anything, but um, appreciate that this is the you know the first inning of the base metal bull market. Um, there's going to be some give and take, um, but that we got a lot of space ahead of us, right? And and broadly speaking, these these companies, including us, are going to move a lot further before this is done. Thanks, Brandon. No it's good to chat with you. Yeah. All right, Brandon McDonald, CEO of Fireweed Zinc. Again, trades on the TSX Venture with FWZ and also on the OTC markets with FWEDF.